Um, like it, it was Auburn, it was Michigan, and a couple of other schools. Why, in the end, is he coming all the way from Pennsylvania to Norman? So, for Phil Picciotti, the prevailing thought for the longest time was, eh, you know, he's just going to end up staying home and playing for Penn State. Right? He's, he's got a Penn State name. His name is Phil Picciotti. You think Phil Picciotti, you think Pittsburgh, you think Penn State. There might not be a more I think Pennsylvania it, I, I think name. You, you're saying a lot of Italians go to Penn State? Is that what you're saying? Is that it? I don't know that, the dynamics of it. I don't know, but that's I feel just, like it's, it's his very mom northeast. Said, I feel like his mom said that it has uh, it, it's it, it's Italian. I, I don't know. Yes, it is. It is. That's why you get the the pronunciation, Pachati. But uh, once it became clear that Penn State was not a front runner for Pachati, uh, OU kind of became the odds-on favorite, and understandably so. He visited a couple times under the old staff. And once the new staff rolled into town, most specifically Brent Venables, and Oklahoma became a destination for elite linebacker talent, that only solidified their status as a front runner for Phil Pachotti. So he took the official visit to Champion Barbecue. That was his first OV, followed it up with trips to Michigan, Auburn, and Nebraska. But uh, OU, as soon as it became evident that Penn State was out of the running, it kind of felt like, okay, it's it's going to be OU because the kid loves OU. The kid loves Brent Venables. The fit's good. Uh, the opportunity for development is good. And it's it's weird to think that a kid from Percasey, Pennsylvania, would end up donning the crimson and cream. Oklahoma hadn't, hadn't – well, technically still hasn't – signed a kid from the state of Pennsylvania in over a decade. But here they are with a commitment from their 10th pledge of the cycle yeah. in Pichotti. Yeah, they had some Lackawanna uh, community college kids. Yeah, I don't Which count is those in Pennsylvania, kids. but yeah, OU hasn't made a uh, living in the state of Pennsylvania in the past. But hey, if they want to start dipping into the state of Pennsylvania historically, uh, that state has some good football players that come out of there every single year. I promised I'd give a shout-out uh, since we're talking about him. Ronnie Crimson. Great work over the course of 92 days, I think it was. He was the guy saying, um, I, he, he tweeted every single day about uh, Phil uh, Pich- Pichotti uh, coming to OU, and it finally happened. So, Ronnie, you're, great work. Your work Do, is Doing done. the Lord's work, Ronnie you, Crimson. you, you, you got to find uh, uh, another recruit now, Kendall on the Air Comfort Solutions text line says, Well, we know Oklahoma didn't land Cole Adams or Mike. Okay, Tate. Kendall, really? S-M-H. We just had a holiday weekend. OU gets a three-star backer. Everyone's jacked about... Our Panthers getting Baker Mayfield, and you got to bring up that Mike Atiz, he officially committed to Arkansas. He is committed weekend, to right? Arkansas, yes. Well, it's water under the bridge, Kendall. We're moving forward here. I don't want to sit here and doom and gloom all July about a three-star wide receiver that didn't end up coming to OU. It's, it's all good. And if you want a wide receiver, well, maybe you'll get one by the end of the day. Okay. Huh? I, I, revision. Mike Atiz is a four-star. No, so I, I, I was talking about Cole Adams. Oh, Cole Adams is a four-star, too. They're both four stars. It is, I think Rivals maybe has him as a three. Maybe, but yeah. we we don't abide by those rankings. Um, but no, for Cole Adams and Mike Atiz, look, I I can't excuse the miss on Cole Adams. I can't, and I do think OU probably should have been more flexible with Mike Atiz, especially knowing that his brother played wide out at OU. And th- th- for those that are unfamiliar with that situation. The reason why Mike Atiz and OU kind of went their separate ways is because Mike Atiz wanted to play receiver and Oklahoma wanted him as a defensive back. So 
I do think, especially with him being an in-state blue chip, if that's me at the controls, and it, it's not. I just want to clear that up right off the bat. I don't pretend to be as good at my job as Brent Venables is at his, and I don't claim to be better at Brent Venables' job than he is at his. But if if I'm at the controls, I'm probably being a little bit more flexible with Micah Tease. But if there's one position where OU's never really hurting, it's wide receiver. So It's fine. You have that the that oppor- goes for everyone. Yeah, it's- you have the opportunity to land Jaquay's pet away later today when he decides between Oklahoma and Texas. You've already got Keon Brown committed. The Sooners are sitting pretty in the recruitment of Anthony Evans, who's one of the fastest players in this entire recruiting cycle. They're going to be fine at receiver. Yeah. Um, I, I'm kind of done with the Cole Adams conversation moving forward, uh, to be honest, because there's so much other content and recruiting content to actually look forward to. What happened, happened. Um, OU is still allowed to have a great class, even, even without him. Uh, let's see. Do, uh, Deshaun Watson will be wearing orange, just not Cleveland orange. That's on the text Oof. line. You guys are already getting after it today. Dang. Uh, there's a text asking about Troy Bowles. I, I guess he dropped his top three today. His, his top three is Georgia, Ohio State, and OU, and he's making an announcement on July 16th. Uh, his dad, of course, is the head coach of the, of the Tampa Bay Bucks. That, that he is. And um, what's, what, he's visited campus twice or just once? Twice. He's okay. been there twice, yes. Uh, so you know the stance I took on Richard Young for the longest time. He actually ended up dropping his top three yesterday. It was Alabama, Georgia, and Oregon. Those are the three final schools for Richard Young. OU no longer in contention. But my stance for Richard Young and my stance that I proclaimed on this show for weeks and weeks and months and months was don't get your hopes up and allow yourself to be pleasantly surprised on the off chance that Richard Young turns out to be a Sooner because it was never a likelihood or even a strong possibility. I'm very much taking the same approach with Troy Bulls here. My expectation is that OU is going to be a hat on the table. I would say do not get your expectations, do not get your hopes up with regard to Troy Bulls' recruitment and allow yourself to be pleasantly surprised if by some minor miracle he ends up donning the OU hat on the 16th of July. Uh, Wow, by the way, uh, to interrupt this recruiting conversation – the Big 12 just dropped the preseason team for both offense and defense. Oh, no way. Just one Sooner was named to the All-Big 12 preseason list. Does anyone want to guess who it is? I can give you 10 guesses, and I bet you're not going to get it, which is, I guess, a little bit of a hint in itself. McCade Mattire. No. Turk. Is the only oh, okay, player well. listed, I and I and I didn't say special wow. teams along with that. Yeah, Spencer Sanders is your All Big Twelve uh, preseason quarterback, which he was he was All Big Twelve last season. I understand that Deuce Vaughn and Bijan Robinson at running back. Uh, you got Xavier Hutchinson, Quentin Johnston, Xavier Worthy at wide receiver. Uh, you got two O-linemen from Baylor, one from West Virginia, one from K-State, one from Iowa State. I mean, all this to say I can run down the entire team. No first-teamer on offense for OU. No Marvin Mims, no Dylan Gabriel, no first-teamer on defense either. Michael Turk is your only 
uh, all Big 12 preseason uh, first teamer. What? Okay, run me through the defense. What does the defense look the like? De- uh, the defense, you've got Will McDonald at Iowa State at defensive line. you got Colin All- Oliver at Oklahoma State at defensive line. Dante Stills, defensive line at West Virginia. I'm just going to go through the uh, the highlights here. Uh, DeMarvian Overshone at Texas is at backer. you got Jason Taylor, the second, uh, defensive back at Oklahoma State. Charles Woods, the defensive back at West Virginia. I mean, there's there's some names I think that people are going to be reading for the very first time. Michael Turk is deserving of the 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 first team uh, the list. I mean, I, I'm fine with that. I am just shocked. The team who I think is probably going to be picked to win the league again next year, which that comes out tomorrow, I believe. I believe the um, the preseason uh, preseason rankings come out tomorrow. I believe OU will be picked to win the conference again. But they don't have anyone else outside Michael Turk. So on this I'm list. I'm just now realizing that I did not get the email to fill out my Big Twelve See, it's preseason ballot. So uh, one of two things happening here: either the Big Twelve subtly pushing Oklahoma out the door, very much a legitimate possibility, or I'm just no longer relevant in the Big Twelve media landscape. Also a distinct possibility. Uh, but I, I'll say this: I. I don't have beef with any of those selections. Like, all the guys you mentioned, very good football players. There was no name that you popped off that I was like, well, that, that player doesn't deserve to be first I also didn't. I also didn't read off the entire list, though. Okay, is, fair. Is the thing. Fair. Who's the biggest surprise on the list in your eyes? Who's the one guy you look at and you're like, okay, <sighs> why, why is he there? Oh, um, Spencer Sanders, honestly. But I know the reason. It's if not Spencer Sanders, then, then who? Now, my immediate... Rebuttal to that would be Dylan Gabriel. No, he hasn't played a game in the Big 12, but he has a nice resume built up from his time at UCF. Spencer Sanders is what he is as a quarterback, and we've seen that for three seasons. If Spencer Sanders is truly the best this conference has to offer at quarterback, it's going to be a very, very down year in terms in terms of QB play this year. So I that one still surprises me. It, it really surprises me quite a bit, actually. I've never understood... The Spencer Sanders love, and I guarantee we have some poke listening right now who's going to be like, well, Spencer Sanders beat OU last year in Bedlam. I understand that. That's more of a credit to, uh, not more of a credit to, but that's more due to the fact that Oklahoma's defense simply sucked. Uh, it had more to do with that reality than it had to do with the reality that Spencer Sanders is a competent quarterback. I don't. Under- this is the second straight year he's been first team All Big Twelve, if I'm not mistaken, right? He, he, Wasn't he first team last year? He was. I, I don't. I can't remember if he was preseason. Uh, I'm sure it was Brock Purdy to start the year last year over him. But Spencer Sanders did win it at the end of the year. He was your actual not preseason, but All Big Twelve quarterback last season. Somebody said on the text line, Parker, Kale Gundy got you removed from the Big 12 distribution list as well. Yeah, maybe so. (laughs) Could the Big 12 media have put a bigger chip on our shoulder? That's from Scotty in New Orleans, Interception King. Uh, Yeah, your last two All-Big 12 quarterbacks are Spencer Sanders and Brock Purdy. Two guys that we immediately look at and say, very, very turnover prone. When it's good, it's good, but... When it's not good, it gets pretty average very, very quickly. Uh, I just don't understand what people see in Spencer Sanders, man. Brock Purdy, he ended up he 
He was getting first-round buzz. Like, that was a thing. There were people that thought Brock Purdy was going to be a first-round NFL draft pick. He was Mr. Irrelevant. He ended up being Mr. Irrelevant. And Spencer Sanders, I think, will be lucky if he's Mr. Irrelevant. 918, I love this. More hate towards OU. And our savior, Brents, will have food to feed the players. See, no respect. Now let's go kill. Go OU. I, uh, I I thought that uh, this might this might get everyone going today. 405-651-3439. We'll talk more about that next, coming up on the Air Comfort Solutions. Text line, keep it locked on the ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans. Travis Davidson joining us next segment at 235. Be sure to tune into that. Yeah, good catch. Air Comfort Solutions text line. Spencer Rattler was the preseason All-Big 12 quarterback last year. Oh, you actually had several on the first team before last season. Uh, Rattler at quarterback, Jeremiah Hall at fullback, Marvin Mims at wide receiver, Marquise Hayes at offensive line, and Wanye Morris at offensive line as uh, well. I remember Wanye. Five preseason he, first Big he 12 He might team. be the only preseason All-Big 12 player in history that wasn't injured and didn't start a single game the following season. Yeah, Isaiah Thomas was on the defense. Perion Winfrey was on the defense. Nick Benito was on the defense. So in all, uh, Gabe Burkich was on there as well. Oh, you had nine. Nine last season. Today, just one, and it's Michael Turk, your punter. Now, in the grand scheme of things, this list doesn't mean a whole lot. Does it tell us anything? I don't know. Maybe it tells us that... There isn't a consensus or a thought that OU has a frontline offensive player. Can we draw that conclusion from this list? Because it is pretty shocking that I think that OU will be tabbed as the team who's going to win the conference this year, but only Michael Turk is representative. Maybe all this just goes to the uncertainty. You and I think we got a pretty good idea of what's going to happen, as do the OU fans. But maybe across the conference, there's more uncertainty than maybe that exists within our bubble in the state of Oklahoma. Regardless, it's very, very fascinating it's worked out this way. It's weird, man. It's weird. Maybe I'm representative of the entire OU media contingent, and maybe OU media just didn't vote in the preseason poll. Maybe that has something to do with it, but I I don't know, man. It's, it's definitely strange to only see one Oklahoma player represented. And like I said, you look through the vast majority of that list – you can't knock any of the first teamers. They're all excellent football players. But man, I just how does somebody like Key Lawrence or somebody like Danny Stutzman get left off? Mike uh, on Twitter said only OU only had one on the postseason team last year, Jeremiah Hall. And then yeah, the year before, which had been 2020, did OU have uh was it nobody on the defense? No Big 12 first teamers on the, yes, the po- on the defense and in in Lincoln made that comment right before the Big 12 championship game I think against Iowa State. Yes, of course they didn't I think it was, I don't know if it was both preseason and postseason in 2020, but yeah. they, I know they didn't have any first teamers postseason in 2020 because so, that was weak cuz Nick Benito and Isaiah Thomas right. had career years. I I think they were both in the top 20 nationally in sacks and didn't crack the Big 12 first team. So I know th- I know there's been some contention in this regard in years past. This isn't the first time it feels like Oklahoma has kind of been shafted in this conversation. It seems like it's a norm now. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like it's a norm. Uh, maybe, maybe that's what you get when you decide to turn tail and head for the SEC. Yeah. Now, who am I most confident that will make this list at the end of the season? 
Offensively, I, I got to go with Dylan Gabriel here. Um, one, because I think he's going to have a really good season, but I'm also looking at the position groups that are most gettable right now. And I think quarterback in this conference is most gettable. Um, I will be shocked, and I mean shocked, if Spencer Sanders is the All-Big 12 quarterback at the end of the year. I'll be very, very very surprised. Yeah, it's not happening. I don't think it's happening either. Is there um, still a category for newcomer of the year? Uh, I'm sure there. I think Eric Gray was newcomer of the year last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I I knew that much. I was. I just remember my my Big Twelve newcomer of the year preseason selection last year. I remember filling out the ballot. I ch- I chose Ethan Downs, which I kind of. I didn't. It didn't occur to me that you could pick transfers as well. I saw newcomer. As newcomer I was like, oh, because yeah. they have freshman of the year and newcomer of the year. I think. Oh, really? Do yeah. they? Okay. Well, give me give me Talon Shetron for freshman of the year, and certainly give me Dylan Gabriel for newcomer of the year. Yeah. Um. Now Quinn Ewers could have something to say about it. Blake Shapin could have something to say about it, but I think that Dylan Gabriel is going to have a, a better season than, than both of those guys, and frankly, anyone else in the conference. I would be, like I said, I'd be shocked if Spencer Sanders is your first team. I'd be, for what I think this team is going to be, and for what I think this offense is going to be, now, again, we just said that there's a bit of precedence here this past couple of years where you get shafted on these lists a little bit. I'm going to be a little surprised if Dylan Gabriel isn't present on this list at the end of the year. It's kind of wild that given all the hype and all of the buzz that our mulleted lord and savior, Quinn Ewers, isn't the first team selection. Yeah, seriously. Seriously, or, or Texas just goes ahead and puts Arch Manning there just for, uh, for the next couple of years or so. <laughs> what makes you think OU will get picked to win the Big 12 Conference? I hope we don't. Feed the players more. Well, look, um, OU didn't win the league last year, but this is still OU's conference. And I still think people recognize and acknowledge that the conference championship, uh, it still rolls through Norman. I mean, it, it, it just does, regardless if Baylor won the league last year or not. Here's what I think it's going to look like. Baylor, or excuse me, OU won, Baylor 2, Texas 3, Oklahoma State 4, and Kansas State 5. Now, we've seen some years here, and I think it was, uh, what, two years ago, where OU was either un- the unanimous number one selection or pretty close outside of two votes. I don't think it's going to be that wide this year. Something, I think Baylor and Texas will get some first place votes. Something tells me. Texas is going to be atop that list tomorrow, Tyler. Uh, surely not, man. Oh, you don't, I, you don't think so? No, no. Oh, I, boy. I, 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 can't, I can't imagine that they are. I think that there will be three behind both OU and Baylor. But this has been an offseason for Texas, seemingly unlike any other, though we're always used to this type of uh, overhype in the months of June and July. I still think Texas comes in at number three. I think at least people in this conference have seen it enough to say, all right, we're not going to believe it until we see it. Maybe so. Maybe so. I hope Texas isn't the preseason number one. But some part of me, I just some part of me has that uneasy feeling that when that poll comes out tomorrow, it's going to be the University of Texas sitting atop the list. I'll, I'll, I hope it is. I, I'll laugh hysterically, only for Texas to roll off a six and six or seven and five. But surely. You got all of you media members out there in the Big 12 are smart enough not to do this again. We've been doing it for over a decade now. 
I mean, it, it's time to learn our lesson a little bit and pump the brakes on Texas in the months of June and July. Well, go, uh, l- l- let them actually go win a big game before we go do something like this, please. Uh, side note, Jaquay's Petaway is fishing for Instagram followers now. He just tweeted, 2K on Insta and I'll commit tonight. Okay, well, well let's go. He's at 1,848. So, uh, Dylan Gabriel is Big 12 preseason newcomer of the year. There you go. The uh, Big 12 just released that, so so there you go. Uh, 918, I agree. Texas will be at the top of the list. Kendall says, I'm betting it's going to be Baylor, Texas, then Oklahoma. Uh, are Reggie Grimes and Ethan Downs the starting defensive ends for OU come September? That's also on the text line. I think it's Ethan Downs and Marcus Stripling. What are your thoughts, Tyler? Um, Marcus Stripling showed me a lot in the Alamo Bowl. Marcus Stripling showed me a lot in the spring game. Now, I don't think if you're the coaching staff – you let those two individual games dictate on whether he's going to be the starter or not. But what I think we saw in those two instances is the high end of what he can be. And the high end of what he can be is a very disruptive pass rusher. Now, not everything was perfect in the Alamo Bowl. There were still some mistakes made, but there were also some highlights uh, made. And I think that the hope is he turns into a consistent down-in, down-out player, obviously. And if he does then I think he's a guy, Marcus Stripling, if we want to have the conversation of most likely to be all Big 12 first-teamer on defense next year, if those flashes become more of a regular thing, we'll we'll be mentioning his name a lot. I love me some Strip, man. And by the way, tip of the cap to Ethan Downs, because how impressive is it that he's one of Oklahoma's four representatives at Big 12 Media Days as a sophomore? When was the last time that happened? Obviously it didn't happen under Muleshoe because Muleshoe only took upperclassmen. To Big 12 Media Days. But, man, for a kid from Weatherford, Oklahoma, to be projected as, I would say, cemented as a starter heading into the fall, sleeper candidate for all Big 12 honors at the end of the season, for him to be doing everything he's doing on the field, and for him to be the type of high-character guy and the type of vocal leader off the field to the point where Brent Venables is comfortable taking him to Big 12 Media Days as a true sophomore, that's just really impressive. Yeah. Uh, text line, one more before we get to Travis. I agree with Parker that OU going to the SEC affects the conference voting, just like the basketball all-conference selections. Maybe, but I think in this whole exchange, Texas is way more hated than OU. And I'm not saying that everyone's like cool with OU's decision and all that, but Texas has always been more hated, and that still stands true today. And they still had, what, four overall guys, I think, on the first team? So... I mean, Texas was still very much more present than OU. But, hey, if you want to blame the SEC, that's fine. That's the forum to do this. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Travis Davidson coming up next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune live on The Ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune. We talk to him every Wednesday at 235. He is Travis Davidson. Travis, welcome to the show your immediate reaction to Michael Turk being the only All Big Twelve preseason selection for OU earlier today? You know, I, I was shocked to be honest. Uh, this was a take that I imagine would have come out right when Lincoln left, when all the media was writing off, "Oh no, they've got to get rid of the program. All the good players are going to be taken away. Will they be able to field a team next year?" It feels like that kind of, kind of, you know, that kind of take because you started to see a lot of the national people kind of come around a little bit. Oh man, 
been hearing good things out of Norman. Oh, man, Jackson Arnold. Oh, man, Dylan Gabriel's out. You know what I mean? So you've started to see them get away from, oh, I can get a lot of clicks with these takes to, oh, I don't want that many receipts out there. It seems like the Big 12 missed the memo, though, uh, because this, it's preposterous. No Marvin Mims is, is indefensible. Okay, well, <laughs> let me let me let me read you a tweet that I saw from a uh, a, a a member of the media. I uh, I won't name them, uh-oh. but I I will read you a tweet from a member of the media uh, regarding Marvin Mims' omission from their preseason All Big Twelve ballot. Probably the most talented player absent from the preseason Big Twelve team is Marvin Mims. He was absent on mine as well. Here's why. Seven games in 2021 under 35 receiving yards. Two or fewer catches in nine of 13 games. 55% of yards came in three of 13 games. Lots of boom or bust in 21. Your rejoinder, Travis Davidson. Uh, Are we assuming he got worse? Do these people not watch games? These people not? I mean, this this media member does not cover games. Okay, well, that that makes way more sense. It's. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm seeing it with a lot. I'm seeing it with, uh, with box score watching or just, you know, the analytics community just saying, well, you know, uh, you know, 55% over three games, blah, blah, blah. Like, did you watch the games? Because these are the, these are the same people. Honestly, we know they don't watch the games because Spencer Sanders is getting, is getting the all big 12 nod. So I know they don't watch them. I mean, this is madness, absolute madness. And, and way too late in the, Way too late in the game, way too close to the season for it even to make sense because it's it's clearly not the the we need some eyeballs for clickbait type situation like we saw earlier. Well, I mean, Travis, in good news today, um, our Carolina Panthers get Baker Mayfield. Where where's the trap game? Where's the one loss coming for the Panthers this year after a sixteen and one season? Or maybe you think they're going seventeen and zero like me? Yeah, I would lean seventeen and zero personally. Um, you're. You know, it's hard to go undefeated, very hard to go undefeated, but um, I, I think I think you actually might get some uh, forfeits out of <laughs> NFL teams after Baker exacts his revenge on Cleveland in week one. I think you'll have some teams say, you know what, uh, maybe we're better off not exposing ourselves and kind of do what Texas A&M did in baseball and cancel some things, cancel some series, cancel some games uh, to maybe uh, – Help protect their uh, their image. What a move by Carolina, though, man! What a uh, a conditional fifth rounder in twenty twenty four. The Browns had to pay ten and a half million dollars of that. Carolina really only had to pay five million dollars today. A conditional fifth round pick, and they got a guy who won a playoff game a couple years ago. Today, Carolina got better today. There's there's no doubt about that. They got their QB one. Yeah, and, and whoever did the deal, um, obviously Carolina's the one that finally cashed in. But whoever did the deal was going to get a great deal. And what's important to remember is this is in no way a reflection of Baker Mayfield, the quarterback. This is a reflection on Andrew Barry, the GM. If, if anybody you know, has been in any type of situation to negotiate anything, they know the importance of leverage. And the Browns threw all their leverage right out the window whenever they signed Deshaun Watson. So uh, this is not – you'll have some people say, oh, well, Baker's only worth this much. He must be a bust, all that. No. Whoever picked up Baker was going to get a screaming deal, and Carolina can go in. It's only five million bucks, and what apparently the conversations with Baker was, hey, you know what? You can make up that three point five that you that you ate. Uh, you can make that up in incentives, 
and you can make it up in the next contract. So it seems like through everything I've read that this isn't a situation where it, it's it's a one year and then we're going to go after you know trying to package some things together for C.J. Stroud or, or or Bryce Young or what have you. This is this is something that they think can work long term. Now, decision coming tonight, Travis, for four-star wide receiver Jaquay's Petaway, one of the top 50 overall players in the country in the 2023 cycle, regardless of position. He's going to be picking between Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, I understand that OU football recruiting is in a world of hurt right now. Is there even a chance for the Sooners tonight in this battle? I know it's uh, it's amazing. We've been left for dead, but but yeah, I, I like our chances in this one, and and it's going to be one of those things, and 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 we we've, we've seen it for years, uh, you know, with with recruiting, we're going to get in in my guesses, we're going to get a head to head win over Texas on the recruiting trail, and we will hear all the excuses coming out of Austin. Oh, he wasn't a take for us. He's not good enough to play here. Oh, he you know blah blah blah. Uh, Arch doesn't want him. Jackson uh, Arnold you know, didn't Austin. even have a Texas offer. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Like we're going to hear all of that, and it's just it's just going to be funny. We're going to start all these excuses coming up, and we're going to hear those all throughout July. We're going to hear excuses uh, as we continue to land uh, top talent, and it's going to be well, you know, they, you know, Texas was already full at the position or anything like that. And I think that's what is going to make me smile this evening, knowing that this was just a, if if if. You know, Petaway does pick the Sooners. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say he's already announced or anything. But OU fans kind of need a head-to-head win over Texas. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I think that's definitely fair to say. Travis Davidson is our guest at Travis Skoll on Twitter. That's S-K-O-L. Conference realignment. We got several big topics, but conference realignment got to be number one. Uh, Did you hear Parker's take last hour that North Dakota State would be a viable option for the Big Ten? What do you think about that one? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if they're going to necessarily bring the market. I mean, if if we were in a hey, look, first one to twenty teams win type situation, then then sure, I would I would certainly hear that out. But uh, with the reports coming that um, Oregon and Washington um, aren't immediately on the Big Ten's radar, um, they don't think that they can really bolster their TV deals. Uh, you know, at least to reach a break even point with adding those two. I don't think uh, the Bison are going to be uh, on the on the short list. This realignment conversation, Travis, has gotten wild over the last, what, five, six days? It's hard to believe that that's all it's been since this all hit the fan. But uh, are you in the camp where, regardless of what the actual truth is, you choose to believe that Muleshoe had the rug swept out from under him in all of this? I, I believe 100%. I, I believe I choose to believe the reporter that broke the story, what he said about it. You know, he's the one that broke the story, so you got to give him a little bit of uh, added benefit of the doubt. He's the one that said Lincoln Riley absolutely did not know about the move. Now, there's a couple different ways to interpret that, right? You could say, oh, Lincoln Riley didn't know that move was going to be announced that day at that time by that reporter, but he may have known that something like this was in the works. It's it's you know there are different nuances to it, but no, I think it's I don't think he would have made the move personally if he knew that they were going to the Big Ten. Is it good for USC? Sure. Is it good for Lincoln Riley? I don't think I don't think it is. I, I really don't. I think he wanted an easier path to the playoffs, which is why he went to the conference 
who everybody knew was the easiest path to the playoffs. Um, and now all of a sudden, what is he, fifth or sixth best team in that conference? Maybe? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I would say that at, at best right now. Now, historically, clearly, I think we'd all agree they're better than fifth or sixth in the Big Ten, but it doesn't really matter what you accomplished 40 years ago. It matters what you are exactly. now. And, yeah, he's going to have a couple more recruiting classes, and he's going to have a couple of more uh, transfer portal visits to get his team ready to go to the Big Ten. They'll be in better shape, but... Are they ready to beat Ohio State? Are they ready to beat the physicality of Michigan and Wisconsin and Iowa and some of those other teams in the conference? I just don't know, Travis. Actually, I feel like I do know. I feel like that recipe in that league goes exactly against everything that he wants to do. you got to play those guys in the cold, and you're going to have to play a physical brand of football. That's exactly what he struggled with uh, since he's been a head coach. Yeah, and I I think when you kind of break down – uh, how they've been recruiting, you can, you, can, you can look at what they need to succeed really on any football field. You win in the trenches, that's something that Lincoln Riley, that's something that Steve Sarkeesian, that's something that, I mean, it's, it seems to be lost on them sometimes that they need to win in the trenches. You can't just have shiny quarterbacks and wide receivers and get the job done. When you look at their 2023 class, it is heavily loaded up top, number two ranked quarterback in the country, number one ranked wide receiver in the country. You have to go to the absolute lowest-ranked person in their whole class before you see an offensive lineman. And you're starting to see that among the UFP faithful. You know, we're, we're obviously all in with Brent Venables, and, and the honeymoon is not over, uh, but it, you're starting to see some cracks in the, uh, in the honeymoon uh, with Lincoln Riley, especially when they start losing out on big offensive lineman commits um, that they are allegedly in it for. You're starting to see some people turn and say, hey, we need to land some offensive linemen, and he's got a he's got a lot of athletes and wide receivers and running backs, and those are all great. You need them to win, but I, I think it's really going to be uh, tough against some of those um, some of those big Big Ten teams if you don't have an offensive line. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, man, uh, good stuff. This whole taking two days off thing is weird, so I will talk to you on Friday. just seemed like I talked to you, but I'll talk to you again on Friday. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> hey, sounds great. Appreciate you guys having me on. There you go. All right, we'll get to more of your uh, text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line coming up next. 405-651-3439. Final segment of Locked In's up next on The Ref. All right, final segment. Locked In with McComas and Thune. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, live on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Real quick before you get to, we get to your text, uh, OU Baseball just got some portal news. Former Oklahoma State pitcher Cale Davis is heading to OU from Stillwater. He spent the last three years at OSU uh, out of the bullpen, I believe, posting a 4.25 ERA in 56 strikeouts this past season. So... We have an experienced reliever coming from Oklahoma State to Skip Johnson's squad uh, this coming season. How about that? Not, o- not often you see that. Not very not often you see often an Oklahoma State transfer in any sport end up in Norman, Oklahoma. But good get for Skip and the boys. Text line by Job is announcing today. Thoughts? I thought that was tomorrow. It is July tomorrow. 7th. Yeah, it is yeah, what's that? OU, Bama, Michigan State? Yeah, Michigan, Michigan State, State looks like is, yeah. it's going to be the pick for by Job. Oh, God, I already know what show the show's. Thursday and Friday is going to look like tomorrow. Then, doom and gloom that OU can't. Uh, well, I can't. I can't keep the Elkies home. I mean, but, but seriously, that's that's going to be the take from well, this recruiting class. And it's it's a weird year. And like I said, 
at the beginning of the show. I can't excuse the miss on Cole Adams, and I do think OU should have been flexible in negotiating with Micah Tease. But again, OU's never going to be hurting for wide receivers, so if there were two guys at a position where you could afford to let them walk, it was Cole Adams and Micah Tease. You know you're going to have receivers at the University of Oklahoma. Heck, you might have one coming in the next couple hours here in Jaquay's Petaway. Um, with Luke Haz... That kid has had a Razorback family, man. He was committed to Mule Shoe and not to Oklahoma. As soon as Mule Shoe was out the door, it was going to be Arkansas for Lucas. And then Bijob's not really an Okie. He's been here for, what, two, three years? Yeah, I read an article today. He's from Senegal, right? Senegal. And he said it, people there don't even know what football is. They still uh-huh. think I play rugby, basically. So, I mean, there's uh-huh. just no real familiarity there. Um, I, I mean, he was playing or is playing at Community Christian. I mean, if you want to say that this staff – you know, should have locked that one down. I mean, yes, I'll agree with you, but, I mean, it was just a very, 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 very unique situation here, like like you're saying. Yeah, look, the Sooners, the Sooners are going to get Jacoby Johnson. Don't even worry about that. The, the thing is, looking looking ahead, the 2024 class in the state of Oklahoma is not good. Not very deep. Yeah. Um, now, 2025 is going to be loaded, and I think the Sooners will do an excellent job of cleaning house in state in that recruiting cycle. But 2023 and 2024 are just weird years for OK Preps. Yeah, and look, I'm not trying to defend the staff here with the whole by Job situation. We've said it multiple times. It is a unique situation. But to really portray just what kind of a situation he it is, it's looking like as of right now, the day before, he's not going to pick Alabama over OU. He's not going to pick LSU over OU or Georgia over OU. You get the point. It's Michigan State over OU here. And not that Michigan State hasn't put out some good defensive players, but Parker, it's Michigan State. You know what I mean? I, 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 I don't want to like give this staff an excuse or a pass on this one, but it was always going to be, you know, a very unique situation of Michigan State is who you end up picking in the end. Yeah, exactly. You're not getting strong-armed by Nick Saban or Kirby Smart. You're not losing for lack of prestige. You're just losing because the kid's not a local. He's not a local, and guess what? His trainer is very close with Michigan State's defensive ends coach, Brandon Jordan. It sucks not to clean house in state because you'd like to do that every year at the University of Oklahoma. Some years, though, it's just not plausible, and circumstances don't allow for that sometimes. That's yeah. happening with several of these kids on the higher end of the spectrum across OK Preps in 2023. That's just the way the cookie crumbles, and guess what? OU's going to be just fine. Bob Stoops joins us next hour at 320. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans.